Welcome to Tips from the Server Room. This podcast is designed for all you systems admins, network specialists, or the guys and gals out there in the office who handles it all. Sit back, relax, grab a beverage, and enjoy Tips from the Server Room. Hey, yes, welcome back, everybody, to Tips from the Server Room. This is episode number, trying to get this microphone situated here. This is episode number 145 for October the 29th, 2019. I'm your host, Jack. And once again, I'll be guiding you into, through, and back out of the worlds of systems administration, network administration, and all fields of IT. Please check out my website if you have a chance to do so at tipsfromtheserverroom.com where you can comment on these shows. And I have uh, one person I'm going to call out tonight, and I really appreciate the efforts. So I will uh, call them out tonight uh, that they did throw a comment on the actual show from last week. I happened to be looking at it and caught that. So thank you very much for that. We'll talk about that in a minute. If you want to get the very best of Windows Server education, you want to learn how to install and to administrate Windows Server 2012, please go to jtclearning.com. That's jtclearning.com where you can comment and uh, where you can comment, where you can sign up and begin learning right away. Folks, if you'd like to, you can also check out jackstechcorner.com. That's an article I used to write for the uh, local paper here. I kind of beefed it up now. It's kind of a, there's a lot of high level stuff in there, but sign up for a free account because I'll be posting free stuff as well as some paid stuff you can subscribe on there and actually kick some money back to the show and i would appreciate that and uh, i'll be putting some uh, paid only content up there for you to check out so let me talk a little bit first of all uh this evening and i wish i would have blew up these notes a little bit more here uh, let me just uh kind of do that at the same time i'm talking Tonight, uh, I hope the audio sounds a little different to you. Maybe a little better, maybe a little bassier. It sounds a little bassier to me. It doesn't sound as tinny as it used to. But I did receive my brand new microphone today, and I'm pretty impressed so far. I've been playing with the uh, the 286 uh, DBX 286 preamp. I have that uh, running my new Rode Pod Mic, P-O-D-M-I-C. If you'd like to check it out, check out the unboxing. If you go to 4.2 Technoman on YouTube, I did an unboxing tonight before this uh, show was coming up. And, uh, you know, I just kind of showed you the mic a little bit and talked to you just a little bit about it. I didn't really do a review. The review itself, I felt, was kind of going to be um, right now, right? This is when we're reviewing the microphone and uh, using it for the very first time. That's pretty brave. Uh, never, never being with the microphone yet, never using it at this point. And, uh, I'm already actually using this microphone on this podcast. So, uh, a little bit different for me. I've been using the, 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 um, the Rode podcaster, which is a USB microphone. And I've been using that for quite a while now, quite a few shows. And, um, I like the simplicity of the USB microphone. Because now I'm going through, like I said, I'm going through a preamp and then I'm going into a, a mixer and getting all those right sometimes is a little bit daunting. So I may be looking at another solution here for the studio pretty soon uh, just to plug this microphone in and go right in USB 
And I've seen a couple of different solutions out there, but we will wait and see uh, what the feedback is from everybody out there tonight. That brings me up to my next order of business. My next order of business is thank you, thank you, thank you very much to a gentleman by the name of Franklin. Franklin actually commented on my last show and said, hey, uh, Jack, there's a problem. The tips from the server room at gmail.com is not working. He couldn't email me. And um, so I guess many of you out there maybe have tried and you can't email the show. So please email us at tipsfromtheserverroom at gmail.com. I did get that working today. I got it set up and everything is fine now. Uh, emailed Franklin. He actually tested it. Thank you, sir, for that. And uh, sent me an email back. I do appreciate that. And I do appreciate, and I probably will be hitting you up um, after tonight's show. You know, I'm talking a little bit about this uh, uh, topic tonight. And I'm sure I'll be hitting you up very, very soon for some information, Franklin. So hopefully you can help me out. So tonight's show is talking a little bit about inheriting something when you get a new job. Now, we've often, right? I'm going to blow this up too. Give me just a second here. I'm trying to increase the fonts here so I can see what I wrote. Um, I got two different beer cans going on. Tonight's beer anyway is Michelob Ultralight. It is actually uh, um, <laughs> uh, a very light beer. I think it's like 90 calories a can. But anyway, tonight's beer is Michelob Ultralight. So many of you out there know about this new job. I've talked about a lot over the past few shows. That's why I haven't been doing some shows, and that's why now I'm catching back up and, and getting back on track with uh, talking to everybody out there, uh, listening to this podcast. And I inherited some Linux servers. Now, let me tell you, I am not a Linux guru by any means. Um, or maybe I wasn't a Linux guru. No, I'm still not a Linux guru. I've dabbled with Linux many times over, and I've had a lot of time playing with Linux. Uh, I, I like it. I think it's a solid, solid operating system, uh, especially for back-end servers, and also not too shabby for workstations. I've been doing some uh, PHP and Perl programming, and you can do that very well on Linux. Uh, and I really enjoy uh, using that program, you know, those programs on Linux, and it works just fine. So I don't see any problem with it unless, you know, our office, though, our offices that I'm working at, are, it's a Microsoft Office shop. It's 100% Microsoft Office. And dealing with Microsoft Office, it's easier for me to have everybody running Windows. It's, it's just, is it is. And I know you can virtual box it. You could do all this stuff with it. But it's just easier for them to run Windows. And they can get their job done. So that's a very positive uh, solution. So anyway, I inherited some servers. And these are Linux servers. Now, I want to talk a little bit about uh, why I can't wave a magic wand over these servers and turn them into Windows servers. That happened at the first, no, actually the second school that I worked at. When I walked in, they were using, oh, and I wish I could remember the name of it. I don't remember the name of it, but it was a variation of, of Unix uh, servers, actually. And they said, do you know how to run these Unix servers? And I said, absolutely not. I said, I don't know a thing about these servers. And I said, but do you have a couple books? And they said, yeah, I got some books. And I said, well, I can read. So... I started reading, and sure enough, I was able to uh, drill down and start learning about these uh, uh, servers that they had. 
So, and I will look it up for you for next show. I'm sorry I didn't have it for you this show. I wasn't planning on mentioning that, but so once I was able to do that and get on their servers and actually use those servers, what I was able to do was go back and I was able to uh, put all Windows servers in and it worked extremely well. And I did, you know, a successful uh, migration from what they were running and everybody was fine with that. But these Linux servers are running a very important application in our network, and that is our intranet site. I had a gentleman come to me today, a younger gentleman at work, and he said, I'm getting tired of all this intranet, 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 intranet. What makes the difference? Who cares? Who really cares? I said, well, let me tell you what. The intranet is secured on the inside of our network where only the inside people can actually access the intranet. By nature, that's how it should work. And the internet is something that we allow you to view and you can actually see the internet. And that is fine also, right? You can view the internet. Okay. And he said, well, the internet itself, then the internet, I have to use a VPN tunnel to get in. I said, that's exactly right. Because we want you to have a secure connection to the network so you can actually go ahead and do your job, right? So there you have it. So that is how we approach that. Anyway, so the application running on there is the intranet site. So I've been talking about this for a while. The entire operations of our business rely on the intranet site because it's a custom-built application that runs MySQL uh, backend. And I'm going to talk to you about these versions in a minute and why we're having so much trouble migrating this over to a new server. So the current uh, operating system is CentOS. And for my Linux listeners out there, you're going to know a lot more about this than what I do. So CentOS is a distribution of Linux. And it happens to be the distribution that uh, the young gentleman that used to work there picked for his server. And I think he did that because he can put on there a... Um, Oh, and I forget what it's called now, but I have to look for that too. Uh, he can put on there a, a web application that actually he can manipulate and work with that sent OS, and it works very well. So, but it runs the uh, the entire system runs on Apache, and it's running with a MySQL server backend. Now, here is our issue, and many of you Linux guys out there can be like. Oh my goodness, Jack, you have a ball of wax and you have a lot of problems going on there. So here's our problems. The problem is we are running, I don't know why this headphone jack is just driving me crazy here. We are currently running CentOS version 6.32. And I looked it up for all the listeners out there to tell you that the current version is 7.4. And we are currently running MySQL version 5.1. So we're moving everything to a new server. Now the new server, we put MariaDB on it. Now if you don't know the difference between Maria and MySQL, here's my understandings. And please email me if I make a mistake because I'm not the Linux guru. So I want to hear from you out there and say, look, Jack, this is the truth. Now this is what I understand. So MySQL is kind of like OpenOffice, right? OpenOffice has been out there for a lot of years, but nobody's really contributing to it anymore. Nobody's really working on it. That's why people are using LibreOffice. 
because LibreOffice has more people contributing to it and more people working on it, so they're keeping it updated. The same thing happened with MySQL and MariaDB. MariaDB is, and I read something on the internet today, I was kind of shocked, but MariaDB is a, is a vagrant or, or a migrant of MySQL. But what it is, it's somebody that took the, the packages away and said, look, we're going to do this better. And there's constant updates and constant people working on it. So I loaded that onto our new Linux server. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the new Linux server is 10 point, I mean, the new MariaDB is 10.1.41. So it's pretty current version. Now, I also installed Ubuntu. See how I said that? Ubuntu, not Ubuntu. Ubuntu 18.4.3. And I installed that Ubuntu on to a new server, a new virtual machine I spun up with our new server. And uh, what I did with that was I installed the, the Maria DB because I know it's a more stable platform. What I read on the internet today was there's no graphical interface tools that will work with MariaDB, and that is absolutely not true. So, and the reason I say that is, let me see if I have it on this Mac that I'm recording on right now, and I think I do. Um, maybe not, but anyway, I think it's, I believe, oh yeah, I do. It's called MySQL Workbench. Now, MySQL Workbench, you can connect to MariaDB. And it works extremely well. So for those out there who think, well, MariaDB don't have any graphical interface, so I can't really manipulate it. There is your solution. You can use MySQL Workbench, and it works fine. So we have this new database. We're going from MySQL version 5.1 to MariaDB 10.1.41. So could we, could we migrate the data over to MariaDB? And the answer is absolutely yes, we did do that. We migrate the data and it's absolutely fine. It's very secure. It works very well and it's very stable. Here is our next issue. Our application was written by the last gentleman at uh, the office and it took him, I told you, I think, I don't know, six to eight years to write this custom application. He's still working on it. We still use him as a consultant for the business, but he went out on his own to write custom software for companies, which is, is fantastic. So anyway, so I walk in and inherited all this. So the current version of PHP on our server that the intranet that runs the entire business is running is 5.5.38. Now the new server is running PHP version 7.2.19. Now, if you're a Unix guy out there, if you're a Windows guy out there, here's, here's the issue. So when you write these custom applications, just like if you have a Windows 95 application and nobody's ever updated it or recompiled it, it may not work right on Windows 10. It may, but it may not. You might be able to sandbox it and virtualize it and figure it out. I used to work with a guy. He said, I can get any piece of software to run on, any, on Windows 10, no matter where it came from or how old it is. Well, fantastic. But is it a good solution? No, it's not. And I know it's not a good solution, folks. So our consultant is actually working right now at rewriting the intranet site. And, uh, you know, he's coding every page. 
and he's dealing with that. Right now, we're working with some email issues uh, because it does uh, calendar invites to people when they schedule appointments through it. I mean, it's a pretty elaborate program. It's, it's very, very well written. It's not well documented, but it's very, very well written, and uh, and I can appreciate the effort and the time he put into that. So, so here's what I'm telling you is, well, we'll get that in a minute. First of all, if you ever walk into Access or ever run a Linux server, if you've never did, I would suggest that you get involved with it somewhere. Load Linux server up, load just the command line version, and the reason I'm telling you that is because you're going to see it somewhere. You're going to come against the command line and be like, oh, crap, I can't do this. Well, put it on a server. Put it on one of your, you know, load up VirtualBox on your workstation there at work and load up a free version of it and just start learning some of the basic commands. I found a great YouTube video. Uh, it's like an hour and a half long. And I'm still going through it. But the guy teaches you all of the bash commands. Bash is just simply another way of saying the command line. And uh, for, for the most part, I guess. And that command line is very easy to understand once you learn the commands to put into it. And then when you set up an SQL database, or I would suggest MariaDB, learn how you can you know build tables. I can build databases. I can do everything from the command line. Because well, it's just cool. No, it's not. It's not that. It's just that I want to know. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be frightened of Linux. One thing I can tell you about any type of server you run, anything out there, and I don't know if I've ever mentioned this before, is a program called Moby Xterm. M-O-B-A-X-T-R-M. Moby Xterm. Now, they do have a free version, which is good for a few servers. Um, I think, I mean, I hit my limit already, but, and we don't, you know, have like tons of servers out there. But they want you to pay for this stuff. And, and that's okay because it's really great software. It allows you to put all of your application, all of your servers in one place like RDP, um, uh, SSH, Telnet. Um, you can put your switches in there. I used to have everything in there from the one score I worked at. And I was able to open up one application and just log in everything. It has tabs across the top, which is nice because you can open up multiple servers at one time. Uh, and I just think that's absolutely amazing. But it's called Moby Xterm, so try that out. So let's talk a little bit about uh, how I inherited the internet. And it is the company's lifeblood running on an older sent OS box, as we covered. The old server is a main part of our company of our company's lives, but is dying a fast death. Is This server is crapping out, my friends. They purchased this server. It's running small business server 2011, and it has VirtualBox on top of it. And on that VirtualBox is actually running our virtual machines. That's how the virtual machines run. And I talked to you uh, and about Franklin talked about was he's a big Synology guy. And um, I was listening to Mike's tech show on the way home and heard some Synology type stuff that I, I am dying to try. Uh, I'll report on that later on. Uh, we'll talk about that down the road. But um, I can't wait to try it out to see if it actually works. But we're going to try that and see uh, how it goes. But um, anyway, so the, the two servers, we put two new servers in to act as a new location for this application. But the issue is, as I already stated, reprogramming the PHP pages for the old version to the newer version of PHP. 
Also, something else to think about. I was talking to one of my coworkers today. She does all of our database work and all of our spreadsheet work. And I was telling her when you move something from one location to another, when you move a SQL server from SQL, MySQL to uh, MyRDB, or you move from a SQL server to MySQL, whatever you're doing, you have to go back and look at your backup scripts. Check your backup scripts and make sure they are running, make sure they are working because you're changing IP addresses, you're changing server names and what have you, and make sure everything is running properly. I am working currently right now on building some scripts. And if I get more of these scripts built, you know, I always add those to tipsfromtheserverroom.com. I give them away for free because I think if I take the time and effort to build the script, then you can use it then you can have it. I mean, absolutely free. Just go in there and download it, and it's yours. But uh, you may have to edit a little bit, put your server names in your IPs or whatever. But uh, I, I need nothing for that in return. I just like to share my knowledge and maybe help somebody else out there somewhere so that needs that. But uh, check your scripts and make sure everything is running and your backups are working. So why am I telling you this tonight about Linux servers? What what do we really care? Uh, it seems pretty much evident that tips from the server room from its very uh, get-go, its very first uh, show many, many years ago, it seems that we talked about um, nothing but, you know, we talked about nothing but Windows and how we use Windows, and we talked about network switches and servers, and man, do I have some shows coming up for you guys. <laughs> some some stuff that the, my boss sat with me today at the end of the day and talked about. Wow. Uh, and I didn't have a solution until I was riding home. And I was like, oh, you know how you get that aha moment? Like, aha. Hmm. I couldn't wait to get home. I got on Teams in my driveway and I messaged my boss back. I said, I got the solution. And he just, he just texted me back, thanks, because I know he's going to sleep better tonight now, knowing that he doesn't have to spend out many, many thousands of dollars. But we'll talk about that in a future show. Here's what I'm talking to you about Linux servers. So if you get a new job somewhere and you start seeing Linux servers, don't run away yelling, no way, no, oh my God, I can't do Linux. I'm out of here, this is stupid. Step back, dig into the Linux system and learn everything you can. Folks, I've been digging and digging and digging and um, I'm getting to the point now where I'm actually starting to like it enjoy it maybe uh to some point you know uh starting to actually understand it and um i just think it's cool and i run all my linux servers from the command line so you know i don't see any need um to to run the graphical user interface i, I don't see like gnome or whatever they put on those or kde and i'm not a big linux guy but i know some of the terminology but I don't see why you want to put the, you know, the GUIs on there. Just run it from the command line. It, it's very easy. There is a ton of information out there on either YouTube or just Google what you need to know. And uh, many of you know I'm a fan of Evernote. I'm actually reading this show right now out of Evernote. Uh, that's where I keep all my show notes. But uh, I keep a lot of notes. And the reason I keep notes is when I come across something, I can use my web clipping tool and I can clip it. And I understand Microsoft uh, OneNote has that too, so you can clip it. But, uh, you know, remember to do that. Clip your notes in there in whatever note-taking program you use. 
But then again, like I said, once I started working with them, I found that I really enjoy working around the command line and learning how I can uh, use the power of Linux servers. So I, I've really enjoyed it and uh, I'm starting to understand more of it. But Franklin, don't think that I'm not going to call you out at some point because I can always learn more. And I like learning from people that actually do it every day that know it. Uh, and I say that because Franklin says like 95% of their business is Linux, uh, which is awesome. So also just to let you know, I've been programming PHP for years. Uh, I've used Linux servers over and over and over. I'm a big fan of oneandone.com. That's, you know, uh, my hosting. That's where the site is hosted. Just to let you know. But anyway, I've used my PHP console. So I'm using a Linux backend, but I'm using a nice web interface, right? So I can uh, manipulate, you know, build tables, build my uh, MySQL databases, back them up, do data dumps and all that the import. But I'm doing that through a nice interface. So it's not really learning Linux, but I've been using Linux for, for years. But once you get into the command line, it will seem like it's a lot faster than what you do with Windows. So just to let you know that. And, um, you know, don't be afraid of it. That's my bottom line. Don't be afraid of it. If you get anything else from this podcast tonight, don't be afraid of Linux. There's a lot of places out there you can set virtual servers if you don't want to set one up on your own box. And uh, just start digging around a little bit and playing with it a little bit. And I think it's going to make you much more comfortable with it. And uh, if that job comes along or if you get that job, like I could never take a job as like a Linux server guru, like uh, because they'd be expecting you to be able to do things that I'm not ready to do just yet. So, but I'm getting there. I also, to let you know a little bit, I also inherited some cloud-based services that I have to use on a daily basis. And we pay for these things. We're using them. I just pulled the bills up the other day and we'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, but I think this is going to be a next a topic maybe for next week's show. We could talk a little bit about cloud-based services. And um, yeah, we'll go there next week because this week we're pretty much wrapped up. We're pretty much done for the week. I hope the uh, the new pod mic worked out pretty well. Um, from what I'm seeing on Audacity, the audio levels look fairly well. I mean, it doesn't look that bad. I'm not clipping, so that's a positive note. But let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Again, you can now email me and make sure uh, that you send those to tipsfromtheserverroom at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you out there. And don't forget, if you buy anything from Amazon, go to tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Turn those ad blockers off that I know you have. And use my link, my Amazon link, because a little bit of that money comes back to the show. And I can purchase the next little piece of audio gear I need to maybe eliminate, I may eliminate my my mixer and my um, uh, my preamplifier, maybe. The preamplifier, again, is the DBX286S. If you look back at my videos at 42 Technoman, you can find where I, I uh, unboxed that and actually set it up and show people how to use it. I get a lot of great comments on that. Uh, people learned how to use it, and, and that's great. That's what I wanted to do with it. So many videos, people say, it's like, yeah, this is how you turn the knobs. But how do you plug things in? My video will show you that for sure. So, all right, it's been great talking to you once again, everybody out there. 
Remember, take care and keep those networks running. Keep them secure. We're going to be talking about security here in the next few weeks also. I have some stuff coming up with that. Um, I've just been so overwhelmed at work, I guess. Uh, there's projects, new projects going up on board. People are coming asking for programming every day. But like I told my wife, I'll never be bored at work. Um, I got six months at my new position. So that's a milestone already, six months, right? That's half a year. And it went by so fast. So I hope you're doing well at your job. And uh, I will talk. I don't know who called me there, but I will talk to everybody next time. Take care from tips from the server room. Bye-bye, everybody. Just listen to Tips from the Server Room with your host, Jack. If you have any questions, please drop me a comment at tipsfromtheserverroom.com. Thanks again for tuning in and downloading the shows. Now sit back, relax, and listen to the remainder of the music. We'll see you next week on Tips from the Server Room. So long. <laughs>